welcome to the Sales Compensation Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. We'll talk about how to develop an effective sales compensation program. My guest today is Matt Tyre. Matt is a sales compensation professional who works in the insurance industry. He has over 15 years of experience in consulting and as a corporate practitioner designing and implementing sales compensation programs for large organizations. He's worked in financial services, communications, and the insurance industries, and has consulted with many of Canada's top sales organizations. Matt and I worked together for a number of years, and I can testify to the fact that he not only has a wealth of knowledge on this subject, but he also has the creative expertise to deliver well-thought-out and successful plan designs. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Matt, thank you for uh, very much for participating in the CPSA Sales Compensation Podcast. Uh, before we dive into the questions, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and a couple of the roles that you've had in the past dealing with sales compensation. Well, thanks, Dave. Um, I would like to say first off that uh, I've had the good fortune of working uh, with David Johnson and Sales Resource Group and learned the trade of sales compensation. Uh, and through that great experience, I've been able to uh, take the, my career and go into different industries uh, and working for the likes of uh, TD Bank, Sun Life Financial Group, and uh, and really looking at uh, growing in many different industries with sales compensation and the complexities that come with each of those uh, type of organizations. Well, that's great, Matt. Why don't we begin first with a, this question? What differentiates a plan that works from one that doesn't? Well, first, I would say the plans need to be really simple. Uh, and there's a lot of organizations that uh, make programs too complicated and too complex. But I think if you keep it to a keep it simple, stupid theory, the KISS theory, uh, and really focusing on attracting, retaining, and motivating top talent, you're doing your justice by your sales compensation programs. And also with the programs is when you can differentiate top talent uh, from those that are underperforming with your sales compensation program with a normalized uh, performance distribution or a bell curve, I think you're in a great state with your sales compensation program. And the trick is building sustainable plans that you can actually measure success year over year. And if you're tweaking and really making uh, or even radical changes year over year, it's hard to measure if you're actually doing the right things. Well, you mentioned it being complicated. Um, how many measures would you say are appropriate within a sales compensation plan and why? Well, I guess that's one of the... the big downfalls you see in sales incentive programs, but rule of thumb is if we can keep it on one hand or less or even three or less would be, uh, would be best. Cause if the more metrics you put in a program, then the more you're going to dilute your incentive plan and you're not really going to get the behavior that you're looking for. Uh, so if you can keep it at three or less, then you're going to get the focus. So really a good sales, uh, 
someone taught me this one time, and I think you'll know who it is, Dave. Uh, but a really effective sales compensation does two things. One, it tells the employee what the company values, and two, where to spend their time and effort. And it, the sales incentive programs that are built that way uh, will be definitely delivering uh, the right behavior and the results you're trying to achieve. You know, you've designed a lot of plans. What are some of the steps involved in designing a sales compensation plan? Well, just like the number of uh, metrics in a plan, you do want to try and keep it simple. Um, and so I, I look at it and, and there's about a handful of, of steps. But the first one is really looking at the eligibility uh, of a plan. And it could be an eligibility uh, review of either a new plan design. So let's say there's a new role being developed and you're being asked by a business leader to develop a program. Or is it a tweak to an existing plan or a change to an existing plan? So I, I definitely look at, uh, from an eligibility perspective, um, the requests that come in, um, because more often than not, there isn't a real need for the design change. It may be something completely outside of the plan itself. It could be addressing issues around target setting or other, um, other areas. And the deep root of it is the sales compensation plan fine, and you don't need to move forward. Uh, and the other example with a new plan would be is do the ultimate decision maker uh, put in the request? You could have a manager requesting a new plan design uh, without the authority to to have one developed. So it's having the um, eligibility requirements or, or rules set out that you can use to develop to know when is it appropriate to build a sales incentive plan, first and foremost. Uh, second, I would say, is the assessment stage. And it's really an intake and a need just uh, analysis stage. And that's where you're scoping out the requirements with your leaders and determining the materiality of the uh, request. So, so is it a tweak or is it a radical change? Uh, and I look at materiality, uh, material changes as being one of those new plans or a radical change plan. And so that's, you know, when you're looking at the assessment, that's part of it. But you also want to sit down and dig deep uh, with your leaders and also um, management in the field. But when you're looking at leadership conversations, is looking at identifying short-term and long-term business objectives. Because you can have the conversation around what's good for 2017, the year that's coming up, um, and you want to really build plans for sustainability. And to do so, you need to have a more foresight to what's down the road if you can. Uh, and when you're doing those assessments, it's that's critical to your design. Uh, you really want to know, is there going to be headcount changes? Is there any new roles being created? Uh, is there, you know, it, it, what's the strategy and the execution of the sales roles? Because it helps you to understand the flow in which the design is going to be because you can learn the sales life cycle is longer. So maybe you're going to have a performance um, period being longer than, uh, let's say, it's more transactional and you would have, let's say, monthly. Uh, payouts. So it's digging deep, and that's really the assessment stage. Also, identifying the budget's important, identifying the key players, uh, and the key players would be a, really a, a, a crucial thing because you want to make sure um, you've got all the right stakeholders at the table. And then there's design. Uh, and so all that's done prior to even getting to the design stage where you develop concepts, and you want to work with cross-functional teams. Uh, and that would be your business or sales leadership, HR, compensation, total rewards, uh, legal, finance, 
ops, IT, every organization is different on who you want to or have at the table around design, but uh, you need to make sure that they're, they're there. Financial modeling would be uh, something that needs to be done. And you, you really need to look at that. And that can actually change the output of your design. Uh, then the, there's approvals. And the last one's communications. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of steps uh, in designing a new plan, Matt. How important is it to have a formal design process in developing an effective sales compensation plan? Well, I think it's one of the most important steps. That, uh, it's more important than the design themselves. Uh, it's you know time that can be wasted uh, really not addressing uh, the right stakeholders and you can spin. And, uh, and unless there's clear pro- processes followed, you can really end up in a trap. So really focusing on, I'll repeat the design steps, is making sure that the, there's eligibility of the design, but really assessing a plan, designing a plan, financial modeling, approvals and communications are, are the five steps. And it's important that you are engaging the right um, audience and delivering uh, the programs that are going to meet everyone's needs. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. It's uh uh, or we'll say that it's it's one of the most important components of, a, of the sales compensation projects. Well, you mentioned about stakeholder ownership for the various design steps in the finished product. Yeah, and I I, I can't emphasize this enough. I, I get asked this a lot: is who owns sales compensation? And it's not the person designing the program. So, in my roles in in um, and in the organizations I've worked with as a sales compensation practitioner, I don't own, own the designs. It's actually the business. The business owns it. It's their, their sales team. It's their, um, their sales results that they need to hit you. So they, they own it uh, in, in many different ways. And they own it from you know, defining the objectives, uh, which to determine what are the right metrics to measure, and, and really the, the approval of the program, it's theirs to own. And so the idea is to support them with it. And, it, and there's multiple roles involved. So as I mentioned, HR uh, would play a part. So how would HR play a part? Uh, HR would be definitely considering the employee experience with the compensation uh, plan changes. They can help in the communications. Uh, then there's the sales compensation teams and their roles. So sales compensation could be from a design perspective. It could be from the process perspective. Uh, finance plays a, uh, a pivotal role. So uh, before designing a plan, you need to make sure that the, the metrics that sales is really identified they want to focus on is can you measure those? Uh, we, do we have the, the data to, to calculate and at what frequency and is it from a vetted source? Uh, also, finance plays a role around the costing and the modeling, modeling of programs in some organizations. So the, that the Back testing is done and that we've um, met budget. Then there's legal. So legal terms and conditions are typically in the sales compensation plan communication um, materials. And that's to ensure that we are meeting um, uh, provincial, federal, or state and federal um, legislations. And so legal provisions are important. And it's good to have that relationship with legal as well. And I ensure they're reviewing over your compensation programs before they're being distributed to employees. There's operations, um, and sometimes it's IT, uh, but the team that's calculating your incentive programs play a pivotal role. Uh, they typically um, 
will be a part of the process of ensuring that not only is there, is there that measurability, but the data is going to be in a format that we can calculate uh, programs in. And the last but not least is communications. And, uh, and communications and incentive programs, again, um, not only is the process important, but my, my other recommendation to any organization is to look at the communications because you can build great plans in theory, but if you don't commu- communicate them effectively, they can fail. And so it's around positive messaging. It's around the carrot versus the stick. It's around com- communicating at the beginning of the playing year as opposed to middle of the year. And it's keeping the communications simple. Um, so those are some of the key cross-functional teams. And all of them play a very important pivotal role in the design process and the final product. Wow. No wonder uh, organizations struggle with it. Seems like there's a lot of people have their finger in the pie. But as long as you have uh, some good process, I presume that uh, the project management side of it keeps everybody in line. Matt, thank you for being on the this uh, CPSA podcast series on sales compensation today. And it's always a pleasure to get together with you to talk shop. Thank you for listening to the Sales Compensation Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.